0: The text that the young brother read is what the priesthood is going to accomplish that I'm going to focus on tonight. The uh, distinction of the priesthood under the first the priesthood under the second covenants. <clears throat> Hebrews 7, five talks about the priesthood under the Old Covenant. Verily, they that are of the sons of Levi who receive the office of the priesthood have a commandment to take tithes of the people according to the law, that is, of their brethren, though they come out of the loins of Abraham." The sons of Levi, the multiple priests. There was a high priest, as we're going to point out, and there were then multiple priests. The multiple priests were the sons of Levi. Now under the new covenant, here's the multiple priests. First Peter two, five. Ye also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood. to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So, everyone in Christ Jesus is a priest Mm -hmm. ordained to offer up sacrifices that are acceptable to God. Now, what I'm going to do tonight is show the difference between that priesthood and the priesthood under the law. Under the law, there was a high priest who was Aaron, and there were many priests that were under Aaron. Psalm five twenty six says, "He sent Moses his servant and Aaron whom he had chosen." With the high priest. Of Aaron it was said, No man takes his honor unto himself, but he that is called of God, as was Aaron. Mm -hmm. One high priest, God chose the high priest. Mm -hmm. And the tribe of Levi, the entire tribe, Mm -hmm. were the priests. They took the place of the firstborn. Mm -hmm. Originally, God ordained that the firstborn will be dedicated to Christ. Firstborn male will be dedicated to Christ. Well, Israel dropped the ball. They didn't do well, and so he chose the entire tribe of Levi was the priesthood under the high priest. The high priest was chosen by God. Now, the age of the priests, high priest, and other priests... Generally speaking, in Numbers 4, 23, and 30, were from 30 years old to 50 years old. If you're under 30, you couldn't be a priest. If you're over 50, mm-hmm. you couldn't be a priest. So that the priests ministered during like the prime of their yes. life. Now elsewhere, in Numbers 8, 24 it says that the priests were from uh, 25 years old to 50. Which differs, you see, from the other. This is the text. This is it that belongeth to the Levites. From 20 and 5 years and upward they shall go in to wait upon the service of the tabernacle. And from the age of 50 They shall cease me waiting upon the service thereof. So from 20, this text says from 25 to 50. What's the difference between the two? Five years. Now I acknowledge we're dependent upon the Jewish rabbis to tell us what this was, but the first five years was like an apprenticeship. They didn't actually perform the duty of the priest, but they were in there and they saw what was happening because the priest had to know what they were doing yes, amen. when they started. That's the regular mm-hmm. priesthood. Now, here's some of the duties of the regular priesthood. Their entire work mm-hmm. was within the tabernacle complex. Yeah. Nowhere else. They didn't do anything for God any place else. This is where they did all their work. Numbers 150 spells it out. Thou should appoint the Levites over the tabernacle of the testimony. Incidentally, the term tabernacle of the testimony, the testimony was the Ark of the Covenant, was testified to God, and the tabernacle was fundamentally to house the Ark, and the other was incidental. Appoint the Levites over the tabernacle of the testimony, and over all the vessels thereof, and over all things that belong to it. They shall bear the tabernacle, and all the vessels thereof, and they shall minister unto it, and shall encamp round about the tabernacle. And when the tabernacle setteth forward, the Levites shall take it down, and when the tabernacle is to be pitched, the Levites... Levi shall set it up, and the stranger that cometh nigh shall be put to death. So here, what a job. They worked all the time the tabernacle. Now the tabernacle wasn't like a frail structure. It was a stable building made out of boards, thick, heavy boards, walls. Then there we had a tent covering over it mm-hmm. consisting of three different fabrics that mm-hmm. covered. So from the outside mm-hmm. it looked like a tent. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't a tent, it was a building. Yeah. Now there he tells you that what God, God's people from the outside mm-hmm. don't look like God's people. Amen. Yeah. The church as it's mentioned in the scriptures mm-hmm. externally or according to vision doesn't look any different than any other organization. But it is different when you get on the inside. When you're among the people of God, instead of peering through a window at them, it's different. Now, I'm talking about the real people of God here. I'm not talking about people that put on appearance or hypocrites. The real people of God have something that other people don't have. They have the approval of God. Yes. They have the favor of God. They have the protection of God. They have the grace of God. Mm-hmm. They have resources from God that other people don't have. Yeah. Amen. That's right. But it's offered to other people. The difference was that in under the old covenant, no one from another tribe was, was offered the priesthood. Mm-hmm. But in Christ Jesus, someone outside of the body of Christ is given opportunity to come into the inside Amen. and be part of it. <laughs> now, another thing about the tabernacle when the you remember that the the people were traveling to the Canaan, a number of people roughly the size of the population of Chicago, a little over three, three and a half million people. can you imagine? Can you imagine 3.5 million people in an organized manner moving several miles to a new location? I can't even imagine this. You'd have pandemonium if you tried to get everybody in Chicago to move out of the city and go someplace altogether. But Israel did, with their herds and flocks. But when that there was a cloud, pillar of cloud by day, a pillar of fire by night that hovered over the camp, particularly over the tabernacle. When God wanted the people to move, that cloud and that pillar commenced to move. And when it commenced to move, these Levites had to kick in the gear and take that tabernacle down, pack it all up. It was wrapped up in special special cloths, pack it up and move. Here, yes. Here's how it tells it in Numbers fifty-three. But the Levites shall pitch when the temple tabernacle setteth forward, the Levites shall take it down and when the tabernacle is to be pitched, the Levites shall set it up. Numbers 153 tells when they camped how they were to camp. People that can't take orders well, and ad infinitum is a number of people that can't take orders well. I don't know how you'd survive as an Israelite. The Levites shall pitch round about the tabernacle. There were twelve tribes. Remember, we're talking millions of people. Twelve tribes of people, and they, the Levites, pitched around the tabernacle of the testimony. Why did the Levites camp around about there that there be no wrath upon the congregation? Yeah. The congregation was so stubborn and so hard hearted yeah. that they didn't have some servants camped around the mm-hmm. tabernacle, God would have slain them all. Yeah. That's right. Because of their obstinate. See, God, thank God there's grace to make you so you're not obstinate, yeah, that's right. yeah. so you're not stubborn. And bound by your own will. Mm -hmm. But to protect the people, the priests camped around the tabernacle so God wouldn't break out upon the people. And the Levites should keep the charge of the tabernacle of the testimony. That was their stewardship. Mm -hmm. Nobody could go on a vacation and leave. Mm -hmm. No, they couldn't. They had to stick with that tabernacle. That's the priests. And the, the, the uh, priests didn't have outward, out, outer jobs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They didn't have flocks. They didn't have land. They didn't have vineyards. So how did they live? Well, they lived off the tithes yeah. of the people. Yeah, that's right. And Numbers 18 tells about this. This was the principle now that uh, God ordained. Yeah, they lived off the tithes of the people. But the tithes of the people, of the children of Israel, which they offer as a heave offering unto the Lord, I have given to the Levites to inherit. Therefore I have said unto them, among the children of Israel, they shall have no inheritance. They didn't have any plot of property mm-hmm. in the land of Canaan. All the other tribes had a section of Canaan mm-hmm. ascribed to them, not the not the Levi, Levites. Yeah. Deuteronomy 18.2 says, Therefore shall they have no inheritance among their brethren. The Lord is their inheritance. Yeah, How is right. that? As he has said unto them. Again in Numbers 18.24, to reiterate this, the tithes of the children of Israel which they offer as a heave offering of the Lord, I have given to the Levites to inherit. Therefore I have said unto them, I have given them the, the Levites to inherit it, because they shall have no inheritance in Israel. Now the Apostle Paul appeals to this very circumstance... To justify that those who preach the gospel mm-hmm. and serve God can live off the tithes of the people, mm-hmm. right. and he made a point of this in first Corinthians nine yeah. some people didn 't claim this paul didn 't right. yeah. i've preached for over sixty five years i've never claimed i 've never claimed this, so it wasn 't compulsory to claim it, but Paul says I could have claimed it. Mm-hmm. Here's what he said: First Corinthians nine, six through fifteen. Mm-hmm. Barnabas and I, we had, don't we have power to forbear working. Mm-hmm. See, Paul was working. Yep. He would say, "I don't have to work." Right. Amen. According to God's laws, I don't have to work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who goes to warfare at any time at his own charges? I mean, the world doesn't even do this. Mm-hmm. If you go <laughs> to, if you go into the army, you don't have to pay yourself your own wages. Right. Who planted the vineyard and doesn't eat the fruit of it, huh? Mm-hmm. Nobody plants the vineyard and they can't eat the fruit of it. Mm-hmm. Who feeds the flock and doesn't eat the milk of it? Mm-hmm. See how these things as a man? Is this like, am I just drawing an earthly parallel? No. Mm-hmm. The law says this. Yeah. Amen. The law taught this. Mm-hmm. It's written in the law of Moses. Thou shalt not muzzle the mouth, of the mouth of the ox that treadeth out the corn. Yeah. Now, corn in Scripture means grain. Yeah. So, treading out the oxen, there was like a circular pit. Yeah. And the oxen walked around and stopped on this wheat, which knocked the hull off of it, chaff off of it. And then they used a winnowing fan and they'd blow this chaff away until the seeds would be left. And the Israelites were not allowed to forbid the oxen to eat some of that grain as they were treading it out. Does he say that? Does God say that because he cares for oxen? The text says. (laughs) Or say he altogether for our sakes. This was for our sakes that this was said. It wasn't that God had a soft spot in his heart for oxen. Although he cared for oxen, but that's that's not why he said this. Oxen can go out and get some stuff out of the woods. They can find some in some other grain field. They can find their own food. Mm -hmm. He saith that for our sakes Mm -hmm. that he that ploweth, he's working in God's field, Mm -hmm. should plow in hope and he that thresheth, reaping the grain, Mm -hmm. shall thresh in hope. If we have sown Paul speaking now. If we have sown to you spiritual things, if you fed your souls, mm-hmm. some people don't know this is in the Bible, but this is, <laughs> this is in the Bible. Amen. If we fed your souls, don't we have a right for you to support us? That's what he's saying. That's right. Amen. Do you not know that they was minister of the holy things in the temple? That's the priest. They ate some of the grain and some of the meat that was sacrificed in them in the temple. Even so, as God ordained that they that preach the gospel should live with the gospel. That is, as they preach, their wages comes back from the people. God's provided that. Then he tells them, I have not used these things. Uh-huh. In fact, Paul worked himself as a tent maker and he supported the laborers that were working with him. Yeah. I have done either, none of these things, that I should not be done it. That it should not so be done to me. I've done it, so you didn't have to do it. Elsewhere in Corinthians, he tells them why. The Corinthians were carnal, yeah. worldly-minded. They had factions and fussing and fighting among themselves, suing one another at the law. And because of that, Paul wouldn't take wages from them. Yeah. Okay. He said in 1 Corinthians 3, He says, If I needed something, I wouldn't tell you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want your kind of money. That's what He was saying. That's right. See, this is how sensitive the things of God are. Some people Amen. don't know that this kind of thing is discussed in the Scripture. Amen. But it is. So that's under the... That's the priesthood under the old covenant. One high priest, exclusively working in the temple, Many priests exclusively working in the temple, all of the priests supported by the tithes of the people. Yeah. In fact, when they had the tabernacle, and when they, later when they had the temple, there was a special room built to house the tithes, yeah. which was grain and animals. It was ho- housed the tithes for the, for the priests. When Nehemiah rebuilt the walls around Jerusalem... In the old temple complex, some of it still was standing, and there was an enemy that they had named Tobiah. And these Jews had accepted Tobiah, and the room that had been reserved for the tithes, they had given that to Tobiah for an apartment. When Nehemiah learned about it, he kicked him out of there, wouldn't let him live there. the reason I mention these things is to show how seriously people thought about the tabernacle and things of God and the priesthood and who's serving God and who isn't, how serious they were about it. Yeah. This is not serious business in our world yeah. and in our country. Uh-huh. People aren't serious. Not Maybe I should say not serious enough about who works for the Lord and how they're supported and this sort of thing. That's the priesthood under the old covenant. Now let's... Uh, Let's turn to the priesthood under the new covenant. <clears throat> Jesus is the only high priest, yeah, and there'll never yeah. be another high priest. Right. Yeah. Hebrews two seventeen says, therefore it behooved him, that's Jesus, to be made like unto his brethren, that's the saved that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. So Jesus is a high priest to God for us. Mm -hmm. He's not a high priest to God for us so we'll get a good job. Mm -hmm. That's not why he's a high priest. He's not a high priest to God so we'll all have enough food, Mm -hmm. enough clothing. That's not why he's a high priest. Mm -hmm. He's a high priest to give us things pertaining to God. That includes things like the grace of God, the love of God, the fruit of the Spirit, having love, joy, and peace, being given peace that passes understanding, being protected. Guarding us so we don't fall. See, there's all sorts of things that pertain to God, that is, pertain to you and your identity with God. Yeah. Let me tell you something. Whatever you may think about God, between you and God, if, Je- if Jesus wasn't there, you'd be condemned. That's just the end of the matter. God's so holy and so righteous mm-hmm. that even with saved people mm-hmm. yeah. somebody has to speak to God for them Amen. Yeah, that's, right. that's how holy mm-hmm. God is so when people speculate mm-hmm. about God and what God will do and how God feels they'd better tread on soft ground mm-hmm. with sensitive feet because you cannot be wrong about God yeah. Not at all. Hebrews 3.1 says, Therefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider, think about this now, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus. He's an apostle in that he's the one God sent with the message to us. An apostle is one that has been sent. He's our apostle sent from God to show us the way. And he's a high priest to God that stands between us and God, so that we can receive good things from God. Hebrews four fourteen says, Seeing in that we have a great high priest that has passed into the heavens, Jesus Christ, the Son of God, seeing that, understanding that, let's hold fast the profession. Yeah. Hold fast to our profession. One place it says without wavering, don't waffle. Mm-hmm. Don't be an in and out, on and off. There's innumerable professing Christians that you never know from day to day how you're going to find them. You might find them in the dumps. You might find them on the mountain. You might find him cast down. You may find him shouting for joy. You may find him believing. You may find him doubting. Considering we got a high priest, yeah. considering we have a high priest with God, let's leave off the waffling. Yeah. And the on and off, because he's always conducting himself as high priest. Amen. So when you begin to have one of these downward pulls to the high priest, Amen. And he'll sustain you. Yes. When you are tempted, flee to the throne of grace. Yes. High priest is sitting on it. He'll give you mercy and grace to help in the time of need. <clears throat> Hebrews 5 5 says, <clears throat> Christ glorified not himself to be made high priest, but he that said unto him, Thou art my God, today have I begotten thee. Jesus didn't launch a campaign in heaven to be the high priest. Mm-hmm. That's right. You want to be president of the United States, you have to launch a campaign. Yes. You have a cam- campaign manager. Jesus didn't launch a campaign to be high priest. Yeah. God made him a high priest. Yeah, that's right. So if someone chooses Allah mm. instead it. of Jesus, do you really think God's going to pay attention to that choice? No. Do you? No. Do you think of some of these heathen countries where they have chosen idols? I've traveled in these countries. They're physical idols. You can go and see them. They're all weird concoctions, half beast, half man, or some kind of a freakish type. Do you think God's going to honor that God? No, he's not. There's one God, one high priest. That's all. And God made him high priest. You want to really take time to thank God for that. Because that greatly simplifies life. Some people in religious environments, if they want to do something, they have they have to go to a committee. Sometimes a big committee. You don't have to go to a committee. Mm -hmm. You go to one. The high priest. That's who you go to. Mm -hmm. And he makes intercession for us. Hebrews 6.20 says that he's a forerunner that's entered for us. Even Jesus made a high priest after the order of Melchizedek. Melchizedek is a character we don't know much about in Scripture. In fact, the only thing we know about Melchizedek was he was a high priest. That's it. We don't know anything else about him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No history about him. That's why I said he's without beginning of days or ending of days. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean he was an eternal being. Yeah. So far as the record's concerned, the only thing, the only thing yeah. you know about Melchizedek was he was a high priest. Mm-hmm. And he blessed Abraham. Jesus as a forerunner means that he went to heaven before we go. Mm -hmm. Before the people went to heaven or go to heaven, Mm -hmm. Jesus went first. Why? Because nobody else could enter Mm -hmm. if he didn't go first as a high priest. And this high priest is becoming, it's just the kind of high priest we need. Mm -hmm. Now, Aaron was a high priest, but he committed, you remember, he committed a bad transgression. Moses had to pray for him. That's right. Or he wouldn't have been spared. Mm-hmm. At the foot of Mount Sinai, you remember, if you're familiar with the incident, yeah. the Israelites grew impatient because he, Moses was gone for more than a month, and so they didn't know what happened. So they asked Aaron. They told, him, "Make us gods." And so Aaron told all the people to break, break off their earrings. They were gold earrings. Break them all off. He gave them to. Go to Aaron. now you, it probably could have been as many as a million people. They had three and a half million people, so it, it could have well been like a million earrings or pairs of earrings. And so, what he did, he threw them in a furnace, melted them down, made a golden calf. Made a golden calf of them, and he uh, then they sang and danced around the calf and got drunk and committed fornication. The immorality danced around this calf. And said, "These be the gods that brought us out of Egypt." Well, you have a high priest that's better than that. Amen. Your high priest never one day, not ever one minute, frolicked. Mm -hmm. He never indulged in sensual pleasures, not so much as one time in his entire life. Mm -hmm. There wasn't one commandment he ever broke. There wasn't one opportunity he ever missed. There wasn't one trap he didn't avoid. Amen. That's the kind of high priest we have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not the kind of high priest Israel had. That's my point. Yes, amen. Christ has become a high priest of good things to come. Aaron had to do with things that were coming at the time. Jesus is a high priest of what's going to come. The things he's going to bring haven't come yet. Yes. Why not? Where he is, is an eternal realm. Yes. What comes from there is eternal, compatible with that realm. Mm-hmm. What's here, nothing here, nothing here is eternal. Yeah. It doesn't make any difference how good it seems, how advantageous it is. It's going to pass away when the world passes away. But Jesus is a high priest of good things that won't pass away. So they're said they're going to to come to us. And him being there is a guarantee you will, in fact, receive these things in due time (laughs) when the heavens and earth pass away. How else should we react knowing we got a high priest like this over the house of God? Aaron was over the Levites. Jesus is over the all believers, the house of God. Let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. All right. And through this high priest, what do we do? Sit back on our spiritual easy chair... Say, we don't have to do anything, it's all been done already. Is that it? No. We come close, get as close to Christ as you can. Yes. Amen. Press in. Why press? Push. Force your way in. Yes. Because there's stuff and personalities between here and there. Yeah. Satan's between here and there. Amen. Principalities and powers are between here and there. Demons are between here and there. Wicked people are between here and there. Temptations between here and there. See, so you have to push through to make it to the throne of all grace. How will you be able to do that? That's what Jesus is there for. To dispense grace so you won't wear yourself out. He'll keep coming until you get there. Now, he alone, the high priest was the only one that presented the blood to God that was offered. Uh Only the high priest went into the holy of holies, Mm -hmm. sometimes called the holiest of all. He took the blood of the atoning sacrifice and sprinkled it on the mercy seat one time a year. That's all. One time a year. Mm -hmm now Jesus Christ he's continually <laughs> he's been sprinkling the blood he first he sprinkled it to sanctify the work yeah. and today the blood of Christ is still cleansing you from all sin it's still working still being sprinkled yeah. still to this day We sprinkled first to sanctify the work and set you apart for the work but you need Christ's blood Amen. every right. day You need it all the time. He's there for that purpose. Therefore, Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his blood, suffered without the gate. Jesus didn't die in Jerusalem. Why not? Jerusalem was the holy city. Jesus wouldn't die in the holy city. He died outside. It would be like the sacrifice wasn't sacrificed in the tabernacle. Mm-hmm. It was sacrificed outside the tabernacle at the brazen altar. Jesus gave his life outside yes. Yeah. Yes. this sanctioned religion, so to speak, Amen. where the sin existed outside. That's where it is. I understand it's highly symbolic but it is is significant of a very major truth and that he because of that he has made us unto our God kings and priests because he did that because he sanctified set apart the people by his blood now the people see the difference in the priesthood Mm -hmm. the people are made kings and priests to God Mm -hmm. You can come to God in behalf of someone else. Amen. We know this because in 1 John 5, John says, If any man see a brother sin a sin that's not under death, yes. or a sin that didn't, he didn't have to die because he committed it, he shall ask life mm-hmm. from God for that person, and God will give that person life. Because this other person asked. That's right. He's a priest, see? <laughs> he was a priest. Amen. And he obtained life for someone else. That's what the text says. That's the new priesthood. There wasn't anything like this among the Levites. Nothing like this. Nothing even parallel to it. Then he beseeches us as strangers and pilgrims. First Peter 2.11 Abstain. Abstain. From fleshly lusts that war against the soul, that militate against your person, that causes your person to be defiled, to be weak, to be reprehensible to God. Abstain from whatever causes that to happen. Fleshly lusts. Can you do it? Yes, you can do it. Because you're a priest in Christ, you're a priest. You can come to the throne where the high priest sits and obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of life. Now, Peter says that we are royal priests. That's First Peter 2.9. We're royal priests, 2, 5, and 9. We're royal priests. Royal priests are kingly priests. Yes, right. Now, under the law, a king couldn't be a priest. That's right. And a priest couldn't be a king. David could be a king. He couldn't be a priest because he was of the tribe of Judah, not the tribe of Levi. He couldn't be a priest. Jesus, according to his fleshly lineage, he was of the tribe of Judah. Not even he was qualified to be a priest under the law. See? As priest... To God, we have no inheritance in the earth. Yeah, that's right. Now, I understand that there are health and wealth preachers that tell you God wants you to be rich and God wants you to be wealthy. and yeah. That's what they said. That's not what God said. Mm-hmm. God didn't say that. That's what they said. Your inheritance is an eternal inheritance. Yes. Hebrews 9.15 calls it an eternal inheritance. And Jesus said, Blessed are the meek are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. That's the renewed earth. How's that how's that for an inheritance? Again, Matthew 25, 35, he says to the faithful, Blessed are you of my Father, inherit the kingdom, a kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Now no, no, old covenant priests, including the high priest, ever inherited a kingdom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. None of them. That's right. None of them say inherited the kingdom of Babylon. Yeah. Uh-huh. They didn't inherit it. They conquered it, but they didn't inherit it. If that comes to the kind of priesthood that we had, it'd be possible for a Christian to inherit like Europe. Yeah. Hmm? I mean, even people that teach prosperity won't go that far. Yeah. But God went further than that. You're going to inherit That's right. the kingdom of God. Amen. Everlasting kingdom. And uh-huh. Revelation 21 7 it says, He that overcomes will inherit all things. How's that? Uh-huh. I'm showing the difference now. The Levites didn't have any inheritance. Yeah. <laughs> But look what we inherit in Christ Jesus. He that overcomes will inherit all things, and God says, I'll be his God and he'll be my son. That's right. That's on an individual. Individual basis. So what about the difference in priesthoods? (laughs) Well, there's a there's a lot of difference. Everything about the new covenant is different than the old covenant. In the old covenant you lived under law. In the new covenant you live by faith through gra- by grace through faith. It's a different different kind of covenant. Well, may the Lord bless you as you would give some time to considering this kind of a kind of a hash like sermon, I understand. But I think you can see that the advantages of a new priesthood is most remarkable, and is conducive to very extended thought.